Welcome to Story Machine 9000, a podcast where we conceptualize movies based on the 48-hour concept. Our stories comprise of four things, a genre, a prop, a line of dialogue, and a location. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a suicide soda. When you go to a restaurant, you, you pour every single soda into the, into the same cup. You could also just order a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> hey. Is that essentially hey. what it is? That's what it is, though. It's the 21 flavors, like, combined. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I'm Joshua Lytle, a uh, filmmaker, podcaster, and storyteller. Uh, hi, I'm Dave Ailing, uh, voice actor, part-time dungeon master, and uh, lover of cold shrimp. I'm Chris Wegman. I'm a filmmaker and a podcaster. That's two things that I'm good at. Hi, my name is Justin Teal. I like to dungeon master, and I'm a high lord paladin, and uh, wow. Of course you are. Wow. Because of course you technically are. Technically, every paladin basically becomes a high lord at, at some point. I love your love of paladins. Yeah, it's 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 it, admirable. It kind of happened like by accident, kind of like Zelda, and then it just like I'm like, oh, this is perfect. All right, well, no guests this week, huh, Josh? No, no, it's it's the uh, the OG crew this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe this is episode twelve. Twelve. Wow, twelve episodes. A baker's dozen of episodes. Mm-hmm. That's not a big. No, nope. that's just a regular <laughs> dozen. That's just a regular old, old dozen. Good old dozen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> A chicken's dozen. <laughs> uh, Chris, have you seen the machine? I, I haven't been able to find it. We haven't been able to find it. It's the size of the warehouse. I know, but I feel like the building that we're in keeps shifting around. Like, it's a never-ending puzzle. And I thought it was down this corridor, and I can't find it. Um, maybe, Justin, could you could you uh, flick on a, a honing beacon? Oh, uh, yeah, I can use my phone, I think, to track it. Okay. Here, let's go ahead and I'll fire up the, the app for that. Oh, my. It's an app for everything these days. Yep. Oh, my God, guys. The machine is right behind us. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, I, this sounds like a good thing. <laughs> okay, yep. guys, just don't make any move. The machine's vision's based on movement. If we move, will the machine start and we can get our episode? Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. Why don't we just move? So that's we're all going to run around. In circles? Yep. One, two, two three. three. <laughs> <laughs> that one's Ooh, awesome. right. I'm tired. I got my steps in. I'm a little sweaty now. Here, Dave, do you want to? Okay. Oh, sure. It's coming out now. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, cool. Um, the genre is period drama. Uh, the prop is a soft pretzel. <laughs> okay. Uh, the line is, I wrote a book about blank once. We've never had a blank. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, that's unusual. That's very unusual. That's a new, that must be a new feature. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been the movement of the machine. Maybe it threw a glitch in it or something. Uh, location, a flooded recording studio. Hmm. Wow. Okay, and that is what we've got. Okay. Period piece. A soft pretzel. I wrote a book about blank. And a flooded recording studio. <laughs> a flooded room where people uh, record their audio. Yeah. So. Period piece? Period talk piece. About period. Let's yeah, talk yeah. about period It's always good. Piece. Talk about the genre first. All right. So the only thing I would say about period drama is we do have a recording studio and a soft pretzel to make sure that. Exactly. Fits into. But it is good something to think about, Justin, because my when I think of a period piece, I go to something like Pride and Prejudice. Remains or, of the day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. Yeah, Sherlock so, Holmes. Sherlock yeah. Holmes. Yeah, really, 
Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there just, just so I can get it off my mm-hmm. chest. I mean, my mind immediately went to like a world's fair situation. Okay. You know, so mm-hmm. period piece, new, new technology, AKA recording studio, new technology, AKA soft pretzel. Mm. <laughs> um, Interesting. The yeah. 19 something yeah. world's fair. But I, I have to admit, I mean, period drama isn't, it's not that I dislike it. It's just something that I don't normally seek out. And so I'm, I'm actually having a lot of uh, trouble. My wife loves period pieces. <laughs> she is like her favorite thing. And I can't get into them very Can often. Can you give like a <laughs> Sorry, short. Sorry, babe. <laughs> Dave, could you give yeah. a short description of like a period drama? Sure. So a period drama um, is a, a story taking place uh, within within a set year in time on earth. Okay. Uh, it, it, there are indicative things of it uh, is there's, there's costumes. People talk the way the characters do mm, loosely uh, to varying degrees. And then, um, but it's mostly about the costumes yeah. and the, in the, um, uh, I, I, I guess it would be like the parlances of the time. It the would, decor, the machinery. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, I was going to the, the relationship aspects. Like if it's the American South, uh, During, like, previous kind of right there period. would be there would be you know uh, uh, housemaids and slavery and all that sort of stuff but uh, but yeah or it could be London you know where it's yeah. you know it, mm-hmm. that's that's you know like a uh, notable pieces would be like uh, I don't know uh, yeah so like Hamilton is that mm. Hamilton is like augmented okay mm-hmm. so that's what I mean like to varying degrees like do they talk like them not really okay. sort of kind of or like um, I remember there was one where it was like uh, like the Queen of England or something like that, but they had like sex orgies and they were drinking all the time and they were squaring at each other all in like modern English. I keep picking musicals, know? but like Les Mis then would be more of a a musical. Yeah, but it's but it would be a period drama. Yeah, okay. yeah, it okay. would definitely be a uh, Phantom of the Opera. Same thing mm-hmm. if we want to go down that road. So, so I would say. If we break down period drama, period just means that it takes place in the past and you have to recreate something that doesn't exist anymore right. uh, or, or something that you have to recreate create it based on history. Drama, usually they have something to do with interactions between people. They're right. not, it's not going to be like a, a, monster a war crushing movie the world. or a yeah. monster movie okay. or a horror story. Downton Down Abbey is the, is the thing yeah, that yeah, comes to mind yeah, yeah. most, I think, as a cultural touch point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was going to throw something else at the group too is that they don't have to be usually they're thought of being very old you know like you're picking a time period that's 50 to 100 years in the past or something but something like uh you could call like wolf on wall street sort of a period piece yeah. it is a period piece because definitely. it takes place in the 80s and 90s it's a period drama and, yeah it's a period drama and yep. it's all about the relationships between people and them their lives right same mm-hmm. thing with mad men mad men yeah. definitely mm-hmm. <laughs> okay Period piece, I guess, is just another way to say historical fiction. Yeah, okay. I can say I always I think of like Pride and Prejudice, yeah, being like a really good example because it is a Mr. fictional Darcy. story and it has to do with. Even though I guess when it was written, it might not have been quite right. a. Right. <laughs> but we're not going to get into that, man. So, I, I mean, I do like Josh's idea of the World Fair. Like, I do too. A, it's a fun environment to kind of like throw in lots of weird stuff, and, and it's a direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's show. Only survives with with direction. That's yeah. right. And we die with no direction. <laughs> yes. So uh, I, uh, um, which World's Fair are we basing this on? How many were there? Some history about it. Or I know well, that so, there was one in Chicago because that was the Devil so, in the yeah. White City setting. So and then, to put something in perspective, and then New York. 
the microphone was invented in 1876. Mm. Okay. okay. So anywhere, I'd assume and the from soft pretzel. When was yes, it? That's we, more recent, right? Yeah. Really, I thought that would but, be. But monks were making pretzels, like yeah, yeah soft. Were they true. really? Were they hard or were they soft? I don't know. I they were soft. I would think they were soft too. I would think a hard pretzel is more contemporary. Than I, you know what? I agree. So oh, so the no monks six six ten. But but were they soft pretzels or hard pretzels? <laughs> Common orgy of pretzels that were created by a monk around six ten I mean, in Italy. Okay, so I, I, I guess, so regardless, yeah. They don't have to be yeah. one of the inventions in the World's Fair. That's just the setting. And every day of the World's Fair, they'd be doing news of the world, like, mm-hmm. hey, today there's uh, some major inventions that were uh, released. The best-known first World Expo was held in the Crystal Palace in Hyde Park, London, United Kingdom, in 1851, uh, under the title Great Expedition of the Works of Industries of All Nations. Wow, it really has a good ring to it. Mm-hmm. So South by Southwest, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So what I'm saying, it, it, it seems like the microphone in the World Fair is kind of linked to 1876. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like the World Fair started before the mic was invented, but okay. probably yeah. still going on. So okay. whatever. This, yeah. this could this could mess up a lot of stuff. Go ahead. And we, we could like be jumping back before we even talked about the World's Fair. But War of the Worlds mm-hmm. with the, the radio drama. We're talking yes. about like radio dramas. And yeah. like what if it was a, a period piece about making a radio drama? And the like, recording some sort of radio drama like the War of the Worlds, where everyone freaks out, and it, it you know, then I could see like the the, epi- the people think the epicenter of the whatever's going on is that recording studio, and it gets like just like flooded, okay. flooded, destroyed. I, I like where you're going, Chris, mm-hmm. and this is I think this may be one of the the few times that we've done a complete 180. Yeah, we, um, I like where you're going. Maybe it's um on the heels of War of the Worlds and the the success that it had. Mm-hmm. Somebody sort of the kind of the Ed Wood of the radio drama uh, world tries to do the same thing. Yeah, he tries man. to do something similar. And what he doesn't quite understand is that it does. It's not quite the same because now people are kind of kind of to it. The yeah. cat's been out of the bag for a while. Right. Do you know what we're talking about, Justin? I don't know the Ed Wood reference, but okay. Um, he's the Malto Meal, the schlock version. Yeah. What he's just. Uh, he he was just a notoriously bad filmmaker. Okay, because I was going with I, I like the idea of of I was almost thinking does someone like cut into the World Fair's audio system and they're actually broadcasting like oh there you go to kind of cause panic, but like as a joke and then things go too wrong. We've interrupted think- your your World's Fair to bring you this this this, this critical news announcement. I mean, I I I was. I was prepared to drop the World's Fair yeah, entirely. I was too. And just go straight to radio. Yeah, I was, okay. yeah. Because to Dave's point, I like focusing on something in history. Right. Yeah. Well, it, this it would be ba- so, it would be based on the idea that War the the War of the, the Worlds broadcast had just happened. This other guy wants to strike while the iron's hot, and his attempt to make this sort of dramatic story fails. I and, want and, and the yeah. drama's about the character, the peop- the actors, and him who. Um, I was just curious. Uh, email machine nine thousand. When was War of the Worlds uh, first aired? Maybe we can glean some historical surroundings. We're pretty close with all our other stuff. The War of the Worlds is an episode of the American radio drama anthology series, The Mercury Theater on the Air. It was performed as a Halloween episode of the series on Sunday, October thirtieth, nineteen thirty-eight, and aired over the Columbia Broadcasting System radio network.
I'm 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 getting I'm becoming sort of attached to this idea that there's there's somebody who wants to on uh as a result of the success of that specific episode that War of the Worlds uh he wants to do something similar and he's kind of he's got this idea and he's shopping it around and you know that every time I think of that old timey radio I think of how uh very upfront they were with sponsorship. <laughs> and so so he get his whole program is sponsored by this pretzel company and he he constantly has to cram references to, to pretzels into his This is created by the Dusseldorf Pretzel Company. company. Dusseldorf. <laughs> oh, he's coming out of the spaceship. Yeah. Oh, he's got a fresh Dusseldorf pretzel in his hand. <laughs> he looks so happy about his old that, life. That, never... <laughs> that child up there who has a fresh Dusseldorf pretzel, he doesn't see the alien. Get out of the way, child! Oh no! <laughs> Save yourself and the pretzel, and the pretzel. too. Leave. <laughs> Enjoy one last taste of happiness. Yeah, Dusseldorf pretzels. Sorry. But but at the same time, I I feel like it's 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 sort of superficial because I think that for me right now that's kind of where the 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 idea begins and ends. Mm-hmm. Like we've got this person who wants to sort of uh, um, recreate that magic. Um, but mm-hmm. also, tr- he's also, I mean, he's sort of kind of slimy. He just wants to cash in on it. And the, uh, the pretzel reference is kind of, um, kind of anemic too, but it, I like the fact that it's, it's like the primary advertiser mm-hmm. for this program. Maybe the film starts out, we, we, we fade in, uh, and it is the very last words of the, uh, of the War, the War of the Worlds. Worlds, uh, show. And it, you know, pulls out into an armchair and this guy is just sitting there smoking a cigarette with his, you know, greased hair, and he's just like, "Fuck, that was amazing!" <laughs> like that, just, I, just, started, just the first well, word. <laughs> well, um, if everyone's interested, I, I like the idea of shifting this guy from an advertiser to the actual owner of these pretzels. Oh, he's pushing. He's trying to. He's pr- trying to push his uh, uh, a failing pretzel company. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Love yeah. it. Perfect. And he, he thinks that the way to do it is by running this. Doing a show, and he's—that's why he's okay. shoehorning okay. his product in okay. so yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So I could definitely see the beginning. Like, we could get a lot of exposition out in the like before bed conversation that he has with his wife. So, mm-hmm. so the opening is him listening to the end of the the War of the Worlds. He says, "Fuck," and then it <laughs> and then it sort of cuts to them getting ready for bed, and he's explaining his whole idea to his wife, just like. And then and now we can come up with the idea. Right. And so we can only, name the characters. Right. Do, do we need to, uh, just not to be Debbie Downer, don't we need to move this like a little bit to after like they realize that it was like a fake, like this but is not, like a week later actually, on the news or? Technically, not a lot of people thought it was okay. real. Right. There was only a few because they, really crazy They people. chimed in, what, like three mm-hmm. times or and something it during it. Okay. This is not real. So okay. as a smart business guy, he knows it's fake and he knows that like they've got something good here. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Right. So make sure. But as a bad marketer, he doesn't realize how <laughs> the awful timing of his plan. So now we need to create this guy's radio drama. Yes. Uh, this guy's name. Yeah, let's let's talk about him and his oh, wife. He's, he's, he's got to be Petey. Petey? Petey owns a pretzel shop. There's, there's got to be something there. Petey O. Parker. <laughs> Petey O. Parker. It's, it's Petey's Pretzels. Yeah. Petey, Petey's Pretzels. Oh, yeah. P, the P&P Pretzel Company. Yeah. Triple P. Mm-hmm. <laughs> P and peel pretzel purveyors. P and peel. These are the PP <laughs> PP pretzels. <laughs> they we hear at PP pretzels. Yeah, P and P pretzels. <laughs> they've been uh, they've 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 
What's had bad have they've had bad returns mostly because uh the term peepee has been started to be a colloquialism for urine and like <laughs> no one wants to eat his pretzels but i like that he is a a very um hard work i mean he's hard working oh yeah cuz he he just like but he's also a diehard like he picked the pretzel industry and yeah, that's yeah. what he's going to like He's gonna make this work. Yeah, he's a uh, maybe maybe an a, a Italian immigrant, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like his 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 father, Peepee. You know, it's like his. Re- no, wait, no, the, yeah. it's German, isn't it? Shit. Yeah, yeah. Italians don't make and pretzels. I think, we, I think <laughs> what, what was the actual name we made for him? Because he sounded Irish. Uh, yeah, he, somebody said Pedio Parker. Pedio Parker, <laughs> definitely. That's Irish. Yeah. Um. It's it's the soda bread pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought this said that the pretzels were invented by a monk in Italy, though. Oh, really? Is that so true? I, yeah. That's what I thought I read earlier. Uh, but I think most people would associate them. Well, that's what makes him special. Mm-hmm. It's the original yeah, recipe. Yeah, so a monk, a monk in Italy in 610. Uh, a monk so, in Italy in 610. Right. It's perfect. So so maybe that's the story he goes around with. Yeah. And, and he says that he got his recipe from his great-great-grandmother in, from, who, who originally came over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or not her who originally came over, but it, it's been passed on since they came from Italy. Yeah. So this guy, yeah, this guy needs a name. What? I thought we. Oh, but he can't. He can't be Pete O'Connor now. Yeah, he can't be Pete. Oh Parker. Oh Parker. Yeah. Pete O'Parker. <laughs> um, he can be Pete still. Because does he have a partner? Is it P and P? Is that why it's P and P? Oh, it could be. Yeah, he and his wife maybe. There you go. Uh, well, he, he, it's um, it's his. It's his family business, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it could be anyone. It could be his brother for him. Yeah. Right. Or or it was like, like his brother in law or something. Or yeah. Pacchino, uh, <laughs> Pacchiano. There we go. Pacchiano. Uh, Palomario. Are these last names? No. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can okay. use a really Pantalone. Pantalone. <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that how you say that? Bottom, That's pants. Bottom yeah. left. Or we can, so bottom we can... right. Patrizza. Oh. Pantalone. <laughs> yeah. We can still use Pantalone's a very pretzels. P- pen, pentalion. They're pant pretzels. He can have a very western like first name, like Pete okay, can still so be it. It's just his last we'll name has more. to be very Italian. Yeah, because if he's if he's second generation, mm-hmm. then yeah, you know they yeah. uh, immigrant still family like Pete. Made. So he's still Pete. Yeah, Pete uh, Primo. Pete Primo. Primo pretzels. Primo pretzels. Oh yeah, there we go. go. All right, Pete Primo. First, first, first name is Primo. His mm. first name is Primo. First no, his first name is Pete. Pete, Pete Primo. Oh, sorry. What I said, Primo was a first name in oh, Italian. It? Yeah. Oh. Mm. But we can use the last name. Pete Primo. Primo, Primo, Primo Prego. <laughs> Primo. Damn it. All right. Let's. Um, Pizza. Uh, Pizza. Uh, Pizzatelli. Pizza, Pizzatelli. Yeah. Pizzatelli. Pizzatelli. Yeah. Primo Pizzatelli pretzels. <laughs> or still rolls be, right off the it tongue. It could still be Peter Pizzatelli. But I don't think Peter's a. Well, we were saying he's a second generation. Oh, he's a second generation. So, okay. His dad could be Primo. Yeah. Oh, so he, oh, there you he's go. been picking it but up. But it's still Primo Pretzels. Yeah. <laughs> it's still Primo Pretzels. So, so it's Primo him and his, Pretzels. So it's yeah. him and his dad who are doing the. Maybe his dad has passed. Yeah, his dad's yeah. passed now. I mean, I think if I, if I had to sort of summarize the way I see this character, is he's. Please. He, he's he's kind of. He's a go getter and he's trying to. I mean, it's still a period piece, but he's he's. He kind of has that entrepreneurial spirit where he's trying to capitalize on this otherwise new way of advertising the 
his family's mm-hmm. uh, pretzel company. And maybe his dad's still alive and his dad doesn't get it. And he's trying to pitch it to his dad. And that's just really, really old. His, his dad's like, I don't understand what aliens have to do with pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> Papa, it's of the future. <laughs> <laughs> don't Papa me. <laughs> <laughs> don't poppy me, PD. Don't poppy me, PD. But primo. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't want to jump to names that I am. Um, because is this is this War of the Worlds two or is it World War of the Worlds again? Like just the name of this. Like, <laughs> I like again. I like the idea that he just like copies War of the Worlds and then just inserts pretzels. I like again. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Another War of the Worlds. Yeah, yeah because he like because if he's like chiming in like within a couple of days, he's like, and the aliens are back, and like. He like picks up where they left off. Yeah, it's this madcap. Like he he feels this urgency to ride the wave of it as literally as fast as possible. Yeah. So it's just this haphazard slap together thing. The characters are totally undeveloped. The aliens are. <laughs> the next part of the movie is him trying to find, like, other schmucks. Like because yeah. no one no one who's serious would actually take this. So he's trying to find a director and actors. And a producer and a radio network that'll take this. And the only and they're all right. They're they're just like B actors and the crappiest studios. Yeah, one is half flooded, and that's how they can get a. I think eventually it does get flooded. Oh yeah, I think that's the climax. Okay, that's the climax. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I think I think the next part of this is going to be us trying to come up with those characters and how he wins them over. Yeah. To do this. That's gonna. That's the next part. Yeah. So essentially, he's just out of his element. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So let's um let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll we'll try our best to sort of shore this up and and try and uh, think about it in terms of a, a an actual uh, story arc. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey there, friends at home, and and hey to you, partner. Oh gee, uh, hi there, boss. Hey there, Chris. Why, thank you for coming in on time. Here's a fresh dime for you. Oh, boy. I'm going to take this and buy myself some new marbles. Hey, come here for a second, Sonny. You okay, boss? Whack! Oh, oh. <laughs> boss! You see, son, the reason I smacked the taste out of your mouth is because you ought to buy Abracadabra coffee. Abracadabra coffee, you say? Yes, Abracadabra coffee. Why, it's made in the hills of southern Vermont by grocers who give a damn and sourced by single-origin farmers who also give a damn. So give a damn, damn it, Chris. Don't spend that on a sack of marbles. Spend it on a pound of Abracadabra coffee today. Oh, gee, boss. I'm going to go out and get myself some Abracadabra coffee. You'd be wise to do so, Sonny. Abracadabra coffee for people who give a damn. Oh, that's so good. And welcome back, everyone. So where we left off, we have our uh, main character, uh, Peter uh, Pizzarelli of the uh, Primo Pretzel Company. Patronage. Fam- yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, family company started by his dad, Primo Pizzarelli. Uh, or Primo Pizzarelli. Pizzarelli. One night, Peter hears uh, the broadcast of War of the Worlds. And being the sort of uh, young sort of startup kind of guy before there were startup kind of guys – he decides to create his own radio program where he can plug Primo Pretzels. And so he starts this journey where he tries to develop a kind of ripoff of War of the Worlds uh, based on its its uh, success and mm-hmm. sort of spotlight in the media. And <clears throat> Peter has really high ambitions and zero knowledge. Right. So the first person he tells about it is his wife, whose name is? Patty. 
<laughs> Stan, Stan Lee is going to love <laughs> all these character names. Patty Pizzarelli. Patty Pizzarelli. Uh, so Peter Pizzarello. Said, yep. Yeah. And, and uh, I want to. I think the first thing that she says is, "Well, what's your dad going to think of this?" And then cut to the factory. Yeah. Well, you let you let me deal with with Papa. <laughs> well, well, I was going to say, do we want him to be afraid of telling his dad because he could go. Th- the whole time trying not to tell his dad or he could tell him and he oh, shoots it down for, I mean, either way. That could be a climactic moment towards the end if his dad finds out and threatens mm-hmm. to shut it down. Yeah. Okay, so either so, way, so, I love the idea of not telling him at first. Or, or or does he try to tell him and he shuts it down and he does it anyways? I, yeah, I like the idea that he tells his dad. That way we know how his dad feels That's up true. front. We yeah. kind of, you know, uh, paint his, yeah. his dad's character a little bit. And then... He kind of does it on the sly behind his dad's back, mm-hmm. and essentially embezzles a bunch of money. To let's let's well, let's play that out. I was going with yeah. maybe instead of embezzling a bunch of money, like that's why he gets all these cheap actors, is because if he had the Pizzarelli money, he yeah. would actually be able to hire good people. But since he's doing it on the side, he has to go hire garbage actors. It's kind and, of pro bono. And a, I thought you were going to say garbage people, <laughs> like garbage <laughs> men. <laughs> well, what if his garbage? What if the guy who picks up his garbage does want to be an actor? Yeah. Dude, that's it. Like that's yeah. who he. That's who he finds. Like he that's gets one of the guy. That's one of the characters. Anybody he his, can. His actual garbage man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's oh. just slinging those heavy metal cans in the street, and they're talking and something about. But I was I was gonna say, and then um, his dad eventually finds out because mm-hmm. Orson Welles's people. Can we can we just kind of play it out? I like it when we play it out a little bit because it helps me okay. think about and remember the story a little bit and kind of some. Um, I don't know. Okay. So cut to next cut day. To walking through the factory. Which he could be walking down the pretzel making mm-hmm. aisles and in, in the mm-hmm. factory as they are whizzing around and people are dodging mm-hmm. to and fro in front of the camera. But he, he and his dad are like walking and his dad is reading uh, some sort of uh, financial report uh, obscuring his face. Obviously not even interested in what his son is saying. But let's never see his face. Oh, that's yeah. even better. <laughs> You just see till he gets really mad. There's a there's a big mustache on the package of each package of pizza uh, primo well, primo primo pretzels primo yeah. pretzels, <laughs> and the papa's mustache is like always on. It's actually like so like someone walks by with a with a box and you see the the mustache. <laughs> oh, should perfect. be like perfect. Yeah, because it's it's the one time he puts down the paper, the box happens to go by. Oh, my and so you don't, and then he puts it back up. Yeah. So, so they're walking through the factory, and uh, and the son is trying to convince his dad. Yeah. So he explains what War of the Worlds is. How does he do that, Chris? Well, it was about aliens invading the Earth, but it was it was fake. It wasn't real. It they just made it sound real. The dad is clearly not paying attention, no. spouting off to other people in the company, like tweak of that machine. Yeah. <laughs> no, people like this. They. They like to listen to dramas on the radio. People don't like being fooled, boy. <laughs> and, and Primo's and, Pretzels is an, is an honest company. And you know what the whole the whole thing's about is selling ad time. Everyone hears about pretzels. People like the pretzels. <laughs> the pretzels are perfect. They don't. They, well, why do we need to mess up with the pretzels? Not, no one outside of the county knows about our pretzels because they all think of Germans when they think of pretzels, not Italians. <laughs> that was a big part of it earlier. Yeah, that that like they're an Italian pretzel company, but everyone associates pretzels with Germans. Yeah, so yeah. Th- so they have a, they have a major sort of uh, identity, yeah, crisis. sort of a PR problem. And, and the son notices it. The dad doesn't quite because he's sort of baked into. What the are you product. talking about? 
Pretzels come from Italy. <laughs> Everyone knows it. His dad puts the kibosh on it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and- so he's left ejected. He exits the factory. Uh, he, you know, there's this like low shot of, of, of Peter like stepping into frame, and the in the the logo for Primo's pretzels is over his shoulder, and he just looks at it in disgust. And now he's off on a sojourn adventure uh, to try to raise funds and do it his way. So yeah, let's talk about the so so in theory, this is this is kind of a turning point for for Peter's character. So because he he's gonna do it on his own anyway. Mm. So how does he come to that conclusion? Is that that's just when he's just on his way out, and he's just. As the audience, we know he's just hell-bent on doing this anyway, and he's going to go against his... I was going to work in another character just to keep mm. things moving. So so maybe he does feel dejected, and he doesn't know where to go, and we cut to the scene of him throwing out... Like, he's emptying the garbage at his house, and the garbage man is coming by, and he gets in a conversation... So you're saying he's feeling down in the he's dumps? He's down in the dumps. That's mm. right, Dave. That would be the name of this chapter on the DVD, Down in the Dumps. <laughs> um, and he starts he starts talking to the the, the garbage guy. He throws out a script. No, yeah, no. so yeah. I, I, yeah, I feel like he's he's throwing something away, and that's what the garbage man sees. And he's like, "Whoa, what's this?" And then it's just War of the Worlds again. And then mm. so the guy's interested, but throws a script in the garbage, and the and the and the garbage man comes along and like steps out and with the most beautiful radio voice starts narrating the stuff. And he's like, "The year is." 1939. It's like <laughs> the year after the alien. The attack. year after the alien attack, and the dust has finally settled. When the skies opened up, and hey, this isn't bad. <laughs> and like, and then Peter, you can just see him like light up, and he's like, "That's the voice." And I like this. I I, I kind of like this idea that there's there's some a little bit of time passes, um, and you know he's he's walking into work one day, or walking out of work one day. And he hears he overhears two people reading lines, and that's how he recognizes it because they're they're doing line reads from his script, and you know, he, so he throws it out, and the garbage man finds yeah. it. but they don't they're not they don't find it at the exact same time. It's not right. Like, he's sitting up in his he's sitting up in his uh, office maybe a day later or something yeah. like mm-hmm. that, and he hears these recognizable lines, maybe mm-hmm. the same ones that we heard previous when he was pitching to his dad or something, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. some sort of thing okay. that we the audience can right. pick up on. And so he rushes out and. and confronts the the garbage yeah. man gets his name so something i wanted to do is like because like I, again i kind of want this like misfit cast like what are three other actors like who are these three other well, so, misfit so, people that he finds well what i was thinking is that because the the janitor is he's a like a amateur actor wants to be a voice talent a, a, a voice talent um he knows a bunch of other amateurs so you're about to hire to do this cockamamie scheme somebody who's under your dad's employee mm-hmm. taking him off of his job to go and do this thing mm-hmm. so i think that the thing that would maybe even create more drama is to take other people within the factory you know that maybe you know that maybe he's so part jan- of like a community theater group and the janitor knows other people in the company who are already ready to go the janitor knows a lot of people because he empties everyone's trash he talks to people right and so he knows that there's a wannabe director. Right. So he knows that Kathy in accounting, mm-hmm. you know, plays the church organ. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. On Sundays. Yep. And he knows that. Oh, yeah. He empties everybody's trash. So he sees Kathy yeah. always has like, you know, old scores well, from like too. Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, oh, yeah. And he talks to everybody. Everybody everybody loves this guy. Yeah. Chuck the flower guy. Chuck the 
flower guy? He delivers. Oh, oh, oh yeah, he delivers. Pretzels. Yeah, he delivers the flower. The flower guy. I was I was trying to get a name of uh, the of the um the, the janitor. janitor. Oh no, oh. we do need a Stan. We better write all these down because they're all Stan. gonna be really basic, yeah. really American names. <laughs> okay, so Stan the janitor. Stan the janitor. The flower guy who's who's like he wants to be Hollywood. He wants to be in Hollywood. He comes in and he kind of changes his script around. He's like, "Oh, like you, you need like a, a musical number in here." Like he he just like he kind of changes around because he's like, "This this is what in Hollywood this is what they do," and 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 it can't just be this like sad, depressing alien story. Like that you know, there needs to be this love interest here. And I might this needs to be, yeah. It's just because I really just like I like the idea of just the over advertising of pretzels, yes. which is what I think the the one guy PD would end up doing is just it's just a yeah too many pretzel references. Yeah, he takes it right, like uh, yeah. So maybe 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 it's it's enough to say that there's just some friction between PD, who's mm-hmm. arguably the producer, mm-hmm. and Chuck, who he's recruited to be the director, and there's just yes. some friction that happens mm-hmm. yes. because Chuck wants to do right by the by the 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 performance. Right. And and do it right, mm-hmm. but PD wants to do right by the brand. Yeah, I mean he's he's but he's I think, kind of on rails, and but, he really wants to. But Chuck also adds in a lot of yes. unnecessary things as well. Right. But he he also adds to this like hot dish of a radio show. <laughs> yeah, I do like the idea that there's like a musical number about alien invasion, and then there's still PD the uh, primo pretzel references and. Mm-hmm. We're coming to get you. Dun, 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 I my primo pretzels. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Give me. Yeah, because the aliens are. Has- <laughs> wait, the aliens are coming. Okay, so so maybe we kind of segue ourselves into the radio drama, right? And then we you sort of started, and it's like, it's like Guffman. Yeah, so so flash forward to. Re- so he's got his ragtag team. Flash forward to rehearsals. Do you think they use the factory for be- rehearsals? Just because or- they don't have another space? They, maybe they actually record it in the factory that night. Or it. Like yeah, once they night. shot off the lines at night. I don't know. Um, I just to help his dad maybe find out about it. Well, I was I I was thinking about you know, it, there's sort of in a lot of those sort of uh, uh, small beginning stories they find sort of a dump, you mm-hmm. know, and they they spruce it up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, kind of a la the Muppets or something yeah. like that. And then because he's recruited a bunch of people from the factory, the way his dad finds out is no one showed up for work. <laughs> yes. I was going to say the trash is starting to pile up. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, none of the flowers are getting delivered. Uh, the flour. Yeah. Like like baking flour. Oh, baking flour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is one character we could, could put in that might help with that is because radio is sort of a, a, a hobby of some people. There, there's the, the person who sort of, the the technician the radio technician mm-hmm. maybe that's who has the dump that's the person in the dump he's a ham radio operator yeah. who really believes that aliens are actually real <laughs> and that that war of the worlds was a real account oh, and they're just he, trying to cover it up he's the only yeah because we haven't he's really related to yeah he's a neighbor who does actually believe that the story was true and that he wants to get the message out there and they sell they sell they sell to him how to use their they get him. To let them use their stuff by saying we we've, we've got more information. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, ultimately, this whole production is is just a giant exercise in miscommunication because everyone wants to do their own thing. You know, obviously, Petey has his own agenda. Chuck uh, has his own agenda. 
the the uh, tech the uh, audio tech this this sort of conspiracy theorist guy he's got his own uh, uh, sort of um, uh, motives mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of what lends to the just this giant train wreck that is the the radio drama. Mm-hmm. I, to add on to that, I can almost see, you know, because I think we were we were heading toward this area where, you know, it's like almost like the, the radio script keeps getting stolen by different characters and you just get the, this montage of it sure. just like being changed and changed and changed by everybody in their own interest and they're not talking about it as a group. So there's just like all these pretzel references and then there's like all this, this these musical numbers that pop up and it's just this crazy thing so that by, by the time that they actually go and record it, it, it almost barely makes any sense. Right. So is is um because I think the way we could make this interesting mm-hmm. to fill out this section is talking about everyone's character and why they steal it, why they why they cause it to be sort of shitty. And we've talked a lot about Chuck, and we've talked about about um, the audio tech guy, and we've talked a lot about Petey. Does Katie? She so she's an amateur actor as well. Does she want to be? like a star, like a Marilyn Monroe, is she the one who wants to be, like, big, and so she keeps coming to Pete with script changes? You know, like, like my character doesn't have enough, you know, talking parts yet. I think the main thing is just, is it Chuck and Petey, like, for the, especially for this, like, I don't know if Petey and Chuck are the only two, like, main drama that maybe is, like, kind of going on with the script. Um, I, don't know, I was just trying to fill out some of the other characters. Yeah, I mean, maybe she like overacts or something. But I just feel like there's, you've got the drama with the dad. You've got she's just a bad actress. <laughs> like maybe that's if if we're just trying to identify each one of these flaws. Yeah, that's pretty that each much one what of the I'm characters trying to do. has. You mm-hmm. know, so uh, you know, PD definitely is is you know he he's looking at it from a from an advertising standpoint. Chuck has is you know he's bringing a lot just bad ideas to the mm-hmm. table because he's he's being really sort of highfalutin about it and he's mm. talking about well you need a love interest and then you need a you need a, a music number in the third act mm. and katie's just really bad yeah. she's just a really you know and it's one of those situations where no one can really break but it she wants her. but she wants to be like a hollywood starlet yeah so maybe she's really hot <laughs> <laughs> like she's she's she looks really hot but she doesn't talk very well yeah she's just she's just kind of and so it's it doesn't really behoove her to be doing a radio drama but she's right. doing it anyway right um because i was trying to i was trying to I, I actually was thinking of a little more drama because uh if she wants more speaking parts maybe she tries to seduce pete yes and and there's <laughs> then there's the drama with his wife yeah because we also introduced her as a character so there's a bit of a, yeah and his his wife is in and patty is mm-hmm. feeling kind of put out because this is this is Taking really consuming his time. Petey. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know, I like him trying to to, to I, trying to avoid trying to avoid yeah. this this yeah. romantic relationship. Um yeah, cuz I was I was trying to work it out in my head. He's too much of a he's too much of a sort of a business, oh, he's business guy. He's focused. Too, yeah. He's this is all business for him and to her this is more pleasure. So we have this this kind of ragtag team um of characters who mm-hmm. uh in the middle of the night have been rehearsing uh, for um, another war. Primo pretzels presents. <laughs> Primo pretzels. Primo pretzels, Primo pretzels presents. Uh, what, what was it? War, war of the worlds world. again. 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 Yeah. They, uh, you know, they eventually hook up with this audio technician who still needs a name. Does he go by his like 
radio call sign his, uh, or his his, his, handle? his handle or his station number W A L L. I was gonna say something like Wall. like Kiwi, Wall. Kiwi Wall. They call him Wall. <laughs> Kiwi eighteen is just something that rolls off my tongue, but okay, Kiwi eighteen. Yeah, what they is call key? so they call him Kiwi. Kiwi. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's... Well, I mean, because like if he says like I want to be called, you know, K E V. Yeah, maybe maybe his like, maybe his KV? things are like K V E eighteen, and they call him Kiwi. Kiwi. Yeah, yeah, he I'm just doesn't share his it, name. Kiwi. Yeah, he just doesn't share his name, so he's mm-hmm. he has a series of aliases. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so eventually they they hook up with Kiwi eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the conspiracy theorist, uh, radio, Am radio guy operator, mm-hmm. um, and it's. It's the night, so this is all live, so, you know, it's the night of the big performance, mm-hmm. and, you know, because Petey is sort of out of his element, he thinks everything's going to go great. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out just to be this giant mess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because his dad found out. His dad found out about it. Yeah, so maybe something that was meant to end up on Petey's desk ends up on his dad's desk. Oh yeah, because they share the same last they name. They share the Mr. same Primo. last name. Yes, and or so so he reads it and finds out that he, they're actually doing this. Well, so and I, I know early on we were sort of talking about the beats, mm-hmm. and then we we wanted to just kind of we, we decided to sort of walk through it. Mm-hmm. And something that I just wanted to make sure it didn't get lost is, you know, because it's a because it's a drama. I think there's there's an opportunity there to introduce a little bit of uh, legal action, and so mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe the way his dad finds out and what would actually make him super, super irate is Orson Welles' people, uh, you know, basically come to him and say, hey, listen, we caught wind that you're. So how does he catch wind? I like that. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I feel like that has to be like a later thing almost. Well, I don't think. I mean, we're we're working up toward the climax. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. I I don't think in the world of radio you could just like. In, in the world of radio, I don't think you could just broadcast something to the whole world or, you know, the whole nation. Well, I mean, that's and what, like they, they, but, they didn't they did it, but they had like a sponsor and they had a time. And I, I think, yeah, you would need but maybe, that's where this guy, if, the, if you got KV 18, yeah. like he's not doing things. No, normally. I mean, I imagine right. he was convinced that he could or, sort of sort of. Yeah, he's, he's going to. So he's got a pirate it. radio operation going on. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to Petey, he's going to they're going to broadcast it. They're going to mm-hmm. hijack. So all the airways. So it's based on power available, right? What if like KV was like, well, what if we diverted power away from the pretzel company? Like that's a lot of that's a lot of power that we could divert, and then we can like broadcast this to the entire world. I'm making up science right no, now. No, no, no. Don't care. No, so, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. So like immediately, the line shut down. It pisses off Papa. Like while they go live. Like maybe yeah, it's flickering and then like, and then it starts to go down. That's when he walks into his office and he finds the script on PD's desk. You like yeah, he has he to like light his cigar lighter to like write it, like to, like to read it because like the lights are off. Right? Just this puff of a cigar. Yeah. yeah, no, I like that, but it still doesn't explain how Orson Welles figures out about this. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, it's okay. No, no that's right. That's I mean, why I think it might be. It, it is kind of interesting because we have we almost have two people who are supposed to get mad at our main character. There's his dad who he. He went around. Yeah. And, and then there's, a, but I, I totally like the idea that. I, I guess at, at, I just, I didn't feel like mm-hmm. the stakes were high enough. No, no, I agree. So maybe uh, thinking of a lot of dramas, we had, we have like his idea, which sort of goes up the mm-hmm. curve. 
His dad says no, but they do it anyways. So we're building up to the climax. Which is actually a downward curve, right? Because we we know what that mm -hmm. entails. Like, that's really bad. But, well, what I was thinking is usually in the third act of a drama, there's another kind of upset. Mm -hmm. You know, like someone dies or uh, Mr. Darcy leaves. Or I don't know why you go back to Pride Prejudice. So, um, so, so maybe that's when Orson Orson Welles figures out about it, and he threatens legal action. So, I mean, like his uh, lawyer shows up. Another thing I was thinking about is is during these, like, they don't have recordings for sound effects, and so they have to do it all practically. Mm-hmm. And so, what if there's like a water scene? All right. But imagine there's like a, a scene with water, and and somehow like there's a hose in the studio to create this water, and so does. Instead of like they, Orson Welles maybe not coming in, but does does the studio get flooded and like they're still recording while like it's all wet and like shocks are going off or something or so adding on to what you just brought up, like Orson Welles catches wind of this thing and he's so mad, you know, that he slams his hand on his desk and a glass of water tips over and it just like drips and you can tell he's formulating an idea. <laughs> Did it, did anyone kind of get what I was getting at with the 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 idea that there should be sort of another well, and that's where I like mean a like, third act sort mm-hmm. of trouble that's right I, mean, I don't know if like one the script's going bad the studio's flooded their dad's on their way well I like the idea that the studio floods at the very end like that's the that's the, the that's the thing yeah and that's what I'm getting with with yeah. the Orson Welles deal so 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 I guess we're getting we're getting held up on the point that how does Orson Welles find out about this. Because he's got to threaten them with legal action, right? And then Pete says, "Let's do it anyway. Like, let's just get it done now, before he can do anything." So maybe, maybe mm-hmm. because Katie was such a bad actress, they end up replacing her, mm-hmm. and because she's got sour grapes about the whole thing, mm-hmm. she, she, because he scorned her advances. Yeah, and she, yeah they, right. They got rid of right. her, so she basically. Blows the whistle, yeah, and then tries out just for Orson Welles, or just blows the whistle yeah. on him yeah, and just yeah. says, she "Hey, they're the they're ripping off your stuff." Right. They th- he threatens with legal action, and they decide, well, it's, we have to do this tonight. Yeah, you know, before it's anyone knows, it's do well, or die. And she's heartbroken too because she didn't she didn't get her advances paid off, mm-hmm. right? Cool. And so like mm-hmm. she goes and there's a torrent love scene with Orson Welles. <laughs> and in the morning she tells him, Oh yes. Oh, by the way. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh, baby. <laughs> yes, um, baby. Yes. I like that. So, so it's the night that they're going to record. Yes. They need more power. I still like that. They divert power from the factory, which brings attention to his dad, that it's happening. Um, he finds the script on but his desk. I like the idea too. Then, like, if if Orson, well, he sends a letter to mm-hmm. Pete. It's on his desk. He sees this notice from Orson. He oh, sees the script. Maybe that's what goes He's, to the. Go ahead. Dave. Josh has to open up again. Okay. Maybe that's what goes to the wrong person. Orson Welles' letter, like the 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 the, the, the cease and desist letter. Oh, that's great. That goes to his dad, yes. not to him. What was, as Orson Welles does, he pens something to Mr. Pizza, Pizzarelli. Yeah. So the dad now knows that this is going on, and he's trying to find his son. Orson Welles hears the ra- the broadcast on the radio. Yeah, he hears it happening. Yes, and now his people are trying to find the son. 
Oh, they're, and they're it, totally off the grid because yeah. <laughs> so everyone's trying scrambling trying to figure out where they're broadcasting. And from. the government's trying to find them because they have a pirate radio station <laughs> that's taken over all the airwaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I do like your idea that there is some sort of in the story there's some sort of water effect because the way they destroy the aliens is by like flooding a dam. Like all the like the aliens are sort of in a. In a oh. dam, and so like that's the sound effect they're gonna do, but they act and they end up accidentally flooding the studio. In the well, end. okay, yeah. so 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 here's where here's where mm-hmm. I might have a different idea than you, and feel free to shoot it down. Yeah. Orson Welles is so obsessed, uh, just as a mm-hmm. character and just as a as a notable historical figure, mm-hmm. uh, that they're ripping off his material. He just gets irate and just like finds the room that they're recording in, uh, like locks it and just like diverts like the water intake for the pretzel factory and just like starts flooding the actual studio trying to drown them well, and stop the recording from happening. What if, what if in a way, cause we talked about them uh, finding uh Kiwi and having sort of this junkyard, maybe he, usually this kind of character lives in a junkyard. Yeah. They, the, the eccentric type, right? The eccentric type. They built their ham radio out of junk. Maybe there is a water tower in the junkyard. And so eventually when uh, Orson Welles and his people and their dad and his people find, because Josh, do you agree that eventually they're going to find them even though so they're off the grid? I, I feel like, yes. So it's, it's one of those situations where in the third act, everything sort of comes to a head and mm-hmm. they finally uh, figure out where they're, where yeah. they're located. And there's, they're like, Held up inside the recording studio, inside. Where the are they located? That's where I'm still confused. Well, well, KV has built a oh. studio inside his junkyard. Copy. Right. Yeah. So, so eventually, the two people who are looking for this pirate team, pirate radio team, find them. They're held up inside this thing, and I do like the idea. You were saying that like Orson Welles had sort of a hot temper. And so his, his the way he tries to get them out is by flushing them out, literally with, flushing with them the out. water tower. Yeah. And so the scene that they were going to do in the movie that involved like a flood actually happens. Right. So they they fun. like in like they life. cue the sound of water coming, yeah. and it but happens it's the, the actual sound. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah so the way happened. that the 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 hero was going to kill the aliens was by like break like destroying yeah. this dam and flooding the valley, and and taking out all the aliens. And, and then this actually happens. It actually happens, and then you cut to a scene afterwards where they're all dead, and a detective's looking <laughs> over all the bodies, <laughs> saying, "How the hell does this sort of thing happen?" It's just like a burn after reading situation. Yeah. <laughs> all the characters are dead. Um, I, you know, I mean, I, I and I, I hate to do this, but just mm-hmm. in the interest of time, I mean, I like the idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, that's it's an unfortunate reality, but that's the nature of these sort of forty-eight hour, fifty-hour deals. Mm-hmm. Is I, I like it so eventually everyone comes uh, you know everyone figure figures out where they are and that's where you know all this dramatic tension kind of comes to a head and Orson Welles having sort of a short fuse you know basically floods the studio mm-hmm. by some means mm-hmm. and um, that sort of the, the coincides fun, yeah the fun part about that is is that th- there's actually a sort of a scene in the radio drama that involves some water mm-hmm. how do we resolve it? So it's the day after or hours after. Maybe, just to wrap it up real nice, maybe Pete's dad ends up 
saving them. Because Pete's dad is also mad at him, and we forgot the fact that Pete's dad is there. Yeah, he's also looking he's for He's also him. looking so he's for He's going to show him. up eventually, but he, too. But eventually he sees that, like, they're in trouble. Maybe he's the one who opens the door and, like, the water rushes out. Right. And saves them. They're still in trouble, but they're not dead. Legally. Legally they're in trouble, but they're not dead, you know? Yeah. I, th- I think maybe they decide to uh, let bygones be bygones after uh, Orson Welles' homicidal attempt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Well, I could see like I could see like this the sh- show off this like yelling match between uh, uh, Petey's dad and, and Orson Welles, and then we just like the camera just drifts up yeah, into the yeah. sky like while that's all going on, mm-hmm. and it's all over and, now. And, and the the radio announcer comes on and like, and this is why you've never heard about uh, Petey uh, Pizzarelli's attempt to make a second War of the Worlds. Oh, you know? the whole thing's like, like a big radio. That's the way they solve the problem account. is because like we'll we'll never tell anyone, you know, and. It's just a big episode of, oh man! It, it's just an episode. We, we like fade out, and it's just like an episode of like ninety nine percent or something. Exactly. Like that. Yeah, it's an NPR show or <laughs> it's something. Like, yeah, it's, it's that like made a, it worth. It's it. like a memory palace or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like yeah, and maybe they're like interviewing his like great great grandson. And that's how. Yeah. And that's how the yeah, you know yeah story core. I like that like, idea. She's yeah. eating primo pretzels. Crunch. Hey, uh, please stop eating into the microphone. Yeah. I like that idea. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Fade to black. Fade to black. Fade. All right. All right. And fade, fade to, to black. black. All right. So, yeah, we need a name. Uh, War of the Worlds again. <laughs> um, I was trying to put the... I was only trying to put the word water in there. Is it a War of the Water World? But I don't like that. <laughs> I, don't know, I like War of the Worlds as, again. As or, heard on radio or something like I was thinking like mm-hmm. as seen on TV, but uh, it's just called Primo something Pretzels. Something about radio yeah, like brought to you by mm-hmm. Primo Pretzels Primo, presents. <laughs> Primo Pretzels presents War of the Worlds again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we yeah, it could just be the the title could be the title of the, of the uh, thing they come up yeah. with. Yeah. Primo Radio. Primo Radio. Yeah. Primo Radio. Primo yeah. Radio. That's what he would call his yeah, yeah. His, his studio. Yeah, studio. Yes, Primo. Mm-hmm. Primo Radio presents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Primo Radio. Primo Radio. Primo Radio presents. Deal. And then you want to know, like, oh, what do they present? Yes. We never yeah. used our dialogue, by the way. What's that? We never used our dialogue. We never said anything about it. We didn't. Oh, no. What um, is the line again? I wrote, I wrote a book about blank ones. Oh, oh. I was going to say maybe the director. I was going to I was gonna suggest KV, mm. you know. Oh, like, yeah. So, so they're kind of interviewing him. And you know, trying to get an idea for his qualifications, and well, you know, can can you broadcast this? Uh, uh, you know, uh, we don't have we don't have like a sponsor or we don't have a a, bro- a network. Yeah, and he's like, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I wrote the I wrote the book on pri- pirate radio. Mm-hmm. There we go. That fits yeah. in when we start talking about him. Yep, I think. All right, <laughs> um, good deal. And if you, the listening audience, uh, can create a ad for Primo Pretzels uh, using 160 characters or less, feel free to tweet it at StoryMachine9K uh, on Twitter, uh, hashtag SM9K, um, or email us at uh, StoryMachine9000 at gmail.com. And remember, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Our logo was designed by David Patchett. Our music by Dave Ailing. This episode was edited by Chris White technical support by Justin T. We'll see you next time.